He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, the 17th day of June 2022. 6-17-22. I hope you had a great week. I hope your week is over or I hope your week is at the point where you want it to be. I wish nothing I want you to know. I So, and then she says, I, all right, let me see if I can do it. I want you to know I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. An older version of me, was she perverted like me? Would she go down on you in a theater? Would she speak eloquently? And would she have your baby? I'm sure she'd make a really excellent mother. But the love that we made, that, but the love, I don't know the rest. I mean, I know the rest. The rest is history. A young Canadian singer by the name of Alanis Morissette. It's a, it's a pretty... <laughs> Hey, here's me arriving late, though I've said this for years. It's a pretty goddamn good record, Jagged Little Pill. And I know there's some sort of Alanis Morissette documentary in the world. I would like less than a full Alanis Morissette documentary, even though I would watch it. She seems an interesting person, seems a good person. I want... I'd like to watch a 17-hour documentary on simply the making of that record. How that ingenue, that 20, 19, 20, 21-year-old young woman made that record with that super producer, Glenn Ballard. It changed everything. It changed everything. What did it change? Well, it changed the way Americans continue to look at Canadian style. It's an oxymoron. She made that record when she was like 20, 20, 20 or 21 years old. And it is a strong, strong record. And also, and there, and also, that's a little excessive. There were, I don't think the late Taylor Hawkins played drums on the record, but I think he, I, I know he toured with her for a long time before joining the Foo Fighters. But I'm pretty sure Flea and Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction played on that record. Anyway, it's a really good record. If you listen to Jagged Little Pill. I don't know much about I don't know about the music you kids are listening to. I mean I know about it, but I don't I don't listen to it. I don't listen to new guitar records. I don't listen to <laughs> I listen to me oldies. I listen to Ike Quebec. I listen to Leroy Carr. And I listen to Against Me and The Hold Steady and Outcast and that's it. Big boy. 
I listened to a few songs by Run the Jewels. I listened to Heartless Bastards. I listened to J. Roddy Walston in the Business. I listened to Bill Withers. I listened to Billy Preston. I listened to Red Garland, Wes Montgomery. Is this just a, what is this? This is, welcome to the List podcast. I wish nothing but the best for you all. And you know what's, what I don't want to happen is I don't want my daughter to write a song on, uh, on her debut record. Uh, which I guess is about, like Alanis wrote, which I presume is about her parents, or the idea of parents, and we can't take every song literally, like, oh my god, she wrote that about the guy from Full House? Not the talented one who just passed away, Bob Saget. (laughs) Or the other one who joined the Beach Boys. By the way, I've known some famous people, I've seen some famous people talk in person, in green rooms in uh, on television and i've never heard and i i know that there are tributes pouring out across the uh the landscape i've never heard anyone say a negative word about bob saget never talked to his lovers uh, but only positive things i've heard about bob saget anyway a song certainly is not about did Alanis really write that song about that guy the Uncle Joey or whatever his name is. John Stamos was in the Beach Boys, okay? And he was with Rebecca Romaine Stamos. He was maybe in 21 Jump Street. I don't know. But there was one person in that three, and I never saw the show, okay? Anyway, who, the point is this. A song is never about one person, I don't imagine. I've written upwards of 50 songs that you can find on the internet if you look hard enough you can't find all 50 of them but I've, I've written up upward of 50 songs and I don't think any one of them maybe except for two or three are literally about one person so I don't imagine Alanis or I don't know that Alanis was writing a song specifically about her parents and this is what I'm saying I don't want my daughter's debut album to have a song on it where where she feels like she has to be perfect. I can't remember the lyrics right now, but you you know the one I'm talking about. Some it's called is it called if you're flawless, if you're perfect, flawless? Sometimes you'll win my love. You know the song I'm talking about? It's just, it sounds like she was under a lot of pressure, okay? And I don't know, and I'm not saying it's exclusively about her parents, but I just, the point is, I don't want my daughter, who has listened to Alanis Morissette, we will listen to Jagged Little Pill now and again. I don't get through much of it, but uh, I don't want my daughter to feel the weight of the world, and the world being, of course, in in its earliest stages, her parents... I want to be a good girl. Well, now I'm going on Tom Petty. Anyway, I hope your week has been great. I, you know, I want the best for your week. I hope, you, I hope you're on your way to your weekend and it's going to be a big one. You heard at the beginning of the podcast, as you do every time, the great Brent Starr saying, Joe, what's your name? What's the name of the podcast? Getting my shit together, getting your shit together. 
You know, Brent Starr dropped into Limerick the other night. Celebrity drop in, and uh, and which is, I don't know, Brent. Do you listen to the podcast? And it's weird that I would think Brent wouldn't necessarily listen to the podcast. Am I stereotyping Brent by giving him too much credit? Like Brent would never fucking listen to this. <laughs> you should listen to it. But would Brent Starr listen to this? I don't know. Anyway, Brent Starr came into Limerick the other night and he dropped in and I put him up for lightning round and he ripped. Limerick was again packed. It's not going to last forever. I keep saying that. And actually, as a matter of fact, this week we had a transition. There was a transition at Limerick Junction. I have ceded part of the control, part of the show to a strong up-and-coming comic. As you know, for several years, there is Limerick Comedy. I have been responsible for Limerick Comedy. And there's the main show, which is booked. And there are six to eight comics. It's an hour and a half long show. The feature comic, the last comic, usually is one of the stronger comics on the lineup. And they do 15, 20 minutes at the end of the show. And it's a great time. And then we take like a five, ten minute break. And then what happens after that is the gloves come off. And it is lightning round comedy. And that is a bunch of comics from across the Atlanta metropolitan area come to this open mic and do two minute sets. Lightning round. World famous lightning round. I don't want to name drop and tell you people who've come in there, but why not tell you people who've come in there ripped it? Rodney Perry, Donnell Rawlings, Marvin Hunter, LeVar Walker, Rob Hayes, Clayton English, Mary Lynn Rice Cub, all sorts of killers have come in. Nick Murphy. I forgot. I, Nick Murphy's done lightning round. All sorts of killers have come in, dropped in. And by the way, if one of those people who I just mentioned did lightning round, I don't ever say... Uh, hey, I'm sorry. You're you're you've done your two minutes there, Clayton. Time to wrap it up. If you're on those levels, you just go until you're until you're finished. <laughs> and the bar's like, how long are we gonna be here? And I'm like, eh, well, we'll see. How long Lavar wants to do tonight? But lightning round is really fun, as I've told you, and you heard me talk about it. Uh, it just goes usually from about ten forty-five, eleven until 12.30 or so. And that is a long time for a man of my pursuits and lifestyle, uh, errant as it is, profligate as it is, to be out. So what I did was, I figured, and but, you know, hosting a show, and if you, I know there are a few comics that listen to this, if you want to get better at stand-up comedy, start your own show or find a gig that allows you to host because it just builds so many chops. It builds engaging the audience. It it, it builds uh, establishing credibility quickly. Uh, bombing. Hosts bomb all the time right out of the gate, or at least I do. But it gets you comfortable bombing and staying with it and not giving up and all sorts of things. You also, by the way, if you host your own show, Young Comics, if you have an open mic or some coffee house show, you get to do time at the beginning of the show. And when you're starting out, time is, and 
always is. Stage time is the most valuable commodity to a stand-up comedy, stand-up comic outside of money. <laughs> but stage time is the most valuable asset, and you can't just go and get up anywhere at any time, especially when you're starting out. If you're a road comic who's doing an hour every single night, sometimes multiple times a night, then you can fuck around in the middle of your set and work on new things and try things you thought about in the shower or something that happened to you in the hotel lobby or at the local shopping mall, whatever the case may be. But if you're starting out doing stand-up comedy and you want to tell some jokes, you have many options to do them, but little access to those options. Because if you go to and just to take you into it, if you go to an open mic and you've never done stand-up comedy or you've done it for you know, five times. And let's say you live in a city of Atlanta, which has on a Tuesday night, let's say six different open mics. And I don't know that to be the case, but you know, I remember back in the heyday on a Tuesday night, you could do five spots. How would you do it? On a Tuesday night in Atlanta, you would start. And if you're not in Atlanta or in fucking Chicago, hating ass Chicago, you can tune out right now because this doesn't, (laughs) just telling you how you could do it back in the day when was that when i was doing that so on a tuesday you could go how would you do it you would start at urban grind which is on marietta street and we characterized as uh urban room level one (laughs) which means it's a an urban rooms an industry term racist term but you know industry term for a black room, but it's level one, meaning it's friendly and supportive and welcoming. <laughs> it's not level three or five where people are mean mugging you and shaking their keys before you even walk out on the stage. That's so, as everybody knows, black comics know it as well as anyone, better than anyone. Black rooms are more intimidating because here's why I think, but I'm not going to get into this right now because it's not what I want to talk about. Because black people are funnier in general and uh, they have bigger fish to fry than uh, a lot of people who do stand-up comedy might want to be frying on stage. So they don't have patience for your dumb bullshit. Okay? So that's a real simplistic way of uh, referring to an audience. And as you've heard numerous people say... uh, Black audiences are like, all right, motherfucker, let's go. I I better start hearing a joke pretty soon, like in the first five seconds. Uh, Whereas, like, it's a challenge, right? Because if you've spent all day in the barbershop, you've heard people murdering. If you've been in the beauty salon, you've heard people murdering, right? It's just, but if you go to a white room, main, quote, mainstream room, right? It's like when Band-Aids were... Flesh colored, right? Well, what color flesh? White people flesh. Anyway, it's a ridiculous term, mainstream urban, but it is what it is, and I'm just referencing it. White audiences want you to succeed, by and large. <laughs> unless you unless you happen to be of a different political stripe than they are. Black people don't seem to give a fuck what political stripe you are as long as you're funny, and as long as you say real shit. I'm simplifying, of course. White audiences want you to be successful. They'll clap their hands. They'll support you. They're like, oh, I hope he doesn't bomb. But if you say something they disagree with, then they will 
judge you and look down on you. In any case, bombing in front of either one is not really fun. But you could start level one urban room, 7 p.m. You could go to urban grind. And if you did that enough, the host, AK or Dwayne Jackson, would maybe let you go up early. And then you'd be up and you'd be out of there maybe by, well, if Dwayne was hosting, <laughs> he would start around 7.20 and then do about 58 minutes at the top and then you'd just go home. <laughs> but if it was AK or a Dwayne, absolutely hilarious person and really good at what's called host lining, meaning for non-comics, when you're on a show, a host generally tends to keep the show moving, right? Like if they're in, the host is in service of the show, unless you you know you're a real, uh, you know, a name brand, or or like the people came to see you, like when Carlos Miller hosted Cat's Cafe in Atlanta, he could do as much time as he wanted because people were there to see him, right? But let's say and Dwayne host lining is when. The host doesn't necessarily keep the show moving, but the host essentially headlines. It's a, what do you call it, a neologism? How do you say that word? It's a it's a smashing two words together. Conflate, that's conflating? I, I don't know what it is. But it's hosting and headlining at the same time. So the expression is called host lining. And that happens when hosts do fucking a lot of time in between the comics. Usually bogs down the show. And the other comics go crazy about it. And the host is like, fuck y'all, I can do this. This is why I'm doing this show, so I can work out my material. To my point I, meant, I mentioned a couple minutes ago. So then, if Dwayne was not hosting the show, <laughs> if he was not host-lining, if AK were hosting or a guest host were there, you probably, and you just got like a touch of uh, juice after a while, you could get up early. And a lot of times comics don't want to go early. They want, uh, you know, they just don't want to be the first. I get it, but at the same time when I was starting, I didn't really care because I just wanted to get as many at-bats as I could because I didn't know anything about comedy and I still don't know everything. I know some, but I don't know everything or 70% of things. What I did know is the only way to do it is to stand on stage or on that floor in front of those couches and just talk. I, I knew you just had to do that. That's, that's the only way. I I knew you had to do that. That's all I knew is you had to go and do it. Kind of how I feel about everything, but you had to do that. So on a Tuesday night, you could go urban grind, and then you could go to... Let's see where you could go. You could go to then, I think, Meehan's, which is like a fake Irish bar in a little... Uh, and now it's like a place, apparently, where there's mass shootings all the time. Not where, you know, dozens of people get killed, but where like 60 people are congregated and someone shoots and three people are injured. Uh, in a place called a shopping mall called Atlantic Station. Sorry, Atlantic Station. I just, for all the out-of-town people who are like, Next time we go to Atlanta, let's skip Atlanta Sta Atlantic Station. Well, there was a mic there as well. 
So you could, and that started like at 7.30. You could do that one. Then you could maybe bounce over to Da Vinci's Pizzeria. Da Vinci's Pizza on West Peachtree. And by that, you could have like three spots under your belt by, you know, 8.30? And then after that, maybe you could weasel your way on at the Laughing Skull. Very hard to do which is, you know, the club, uh, you could go. There used to be a, a coffee house, coffee shop in East Atlanta. You could drive over there. The name escapes me. I can't remember it. There was then a place out in, talk about an unforgiving room, Bolton Road, that um, no longer exists. I think the place might still exist, but there's no mic out there on Bolton Road. Just Google Bolton Road, Atlanta. That's level three, at least, urban room. <laughs> Probably closer to level uh, four or five. You could do that room. Then you could go to Edgewood Avenue, where there was a there still is a show at Noni's, which is a restaurant bar. And that show didn't start until like nine or ten, and you could... You could do a spot there. So they're adding up. Four, five, something like that. And of course, the challenge with all of this is getting access to the microphone. You can go to the mics, but you might not get on the actual... <laughs> you might not actually get to... You can sign your name, and you can show up and have people see your face... But you can sign the list, and there might be 18 people on the list when you get to Urban Grind. If no one knows you, you're going to go 18th. As you get more established in comedy scenes, you people will put you up sooner. They'll do you a favor because they know that you're working and trying to get better. So baked into all of this is a kind of, I guess, math or strategic planning around, all right, I can go to that place. And you, you used to be able to do this, and you probably still can. I just don't do it anymore. You could go sign the list at place one. You could sign up to say, I'm going to go to me hands and sign up to go 7th or 10th or 8th or whatever it is. And then you could go over to Urban Grind, try to go up early, and then drive back to me hands, do that. And then run over to Bolton Road, which was fairly unpredictable. Try to do a spot there before you'd go over to Noni's. And this was long before that pizza place I mentioned, Da, Vinci, da Vinci's had a mic. Go to Noni's, you could sign the list at whatever time. It's it's just, it separates the, it separates the weak <laughs> from the less weak because you know some places would have like the list you know they, they call it the, what time does the list drop for non-comics that means what time does the list get put out and does it get signed meaning people sign up to do the open mic so no need for all i know the list drop was at nine but the show doesn't start until 10 so then what do you do with that hour hour and a half where there are all these pressures right do i stay and socialize with my uh 
aspirant, my fellow aspiring comics? Or do I try to go, you know what, because I'm not going to get on Noni's until 1045, do I try to drive back over to Midtown and try to go to Cat's Cafe, which is, Cat's Cafe is level three. So I, I would characterize, I mean, even though the most intimidating thing about Cat's Cafe is all the killers that are in there. Just murderer upon murderer. That's what makes it intimidating. It's not the crowd, to, to my experience. So well, let's characterize it that way. And feel free to write in comics. Urban comics and mainstream comics. <laughs> it's so dumb. Urban Grind will be level one urban room. Cat's Cafe will be level three. And then Bolton Road, Fulton Industrial, something like that would be closer to four or five. Anyway, so if your name's on the list at Noni's, you might drive over to Cat's Park, walk down, see who's on. Do they know you? Is it Tyler who's hosting? Is it Carlos who's hosting? Is it LeVar who's host lining? Who knows? Zoom in. And they're not going to put you up. <laughs> Especially if they don't know you. You should have been here hours ago, and they still wouldn't have put you up. But eventually they put you up. Maybe. And then you drive back over to Noni's and you do your spot. And then, okay, so maybe you've done Noni's at 1045. Occasionally there's an odd mic or show somewhere in the city and then and then at 10:45 or something like that you could drive out to uh it's not Duluth what's it called Lawrenceville the tavern on Main you could drive which is like a 25 maybe 30 minute drive from the city but it's kind of a dead zone where nothing's happening you could drive out there sunny Sonny Gillespie ran the room. Angela Miller ran the room. You could go out there. And again, you're, what you're trying to do, or what I was trying to do with my uh, cohort when we were starting, was utility, right? So you sign up. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to put my name 12 here, which will... Uh, um, so there are going to be 11 comics doing four minutes before me, with the host and not, and not a Dwayne Jackson... So that'll be like an hour before I get up. And that gives me time to run over to this place and see if I can get up early because, look, all slots 3 through 18 are filled, but nobody wants to go first. Like that sort of tweaker we were. You could go out to Tavern on Main, 25-minute drive, 30-minute drive, and you could get on stage at 11.15, 11.30, something like that. And depending on who was there hosting or depending who's in the room, you could do five minutes or you could do because every room and every host respects comics who showrunner host respects comics who are working, who are trying, who are committed to getting better and doing it right. So a lot of times comics way outside the city like tavern on on main or whatever it's called tavern on the green <laughs> it was the opposite of tavern on the green they seem to have respect for comics from the city going out there so they would put us on earlier they would uh let us go long and similarly when comics drive in to the city from 
parts elsewhere, traveling comics, you try to style them out. You try to help them out because there's a mindset like, and it's life, it's relationships. All Any relationship, all people want to get out of a relationship is what they put into it. And it's the same for comedy. So anybody who complains about not getting spots and all that shit, just put in more and you'll get more out of it. I promise. Anyway, I'm going to come back to the the development, the transition at Limerick. And I'm going to let you go early tonight because I took you a little long uh, on the last couple podcasts. But you could go out to Tavern on the Main and if nobody was there, the host might give you 10, 15, 20 minutes and by the end of it, you're kind of just, nobody's listening and you're roasting the TVs because there are four people drinking beer out of styrofoam cups. But you're getting at bats and you're standing there in the <laughs> sad emptiness of Tavern on, on Main. And then what you would do at the end of that, you'd get back in your car at 11.30, 11.45, and you would drive as fast as you could back to the city you would get, you would take 85, right? 85, whatever, 485, I don't know, or I just was on Google Maps, or it was before Waze, and you'd get off, yeah, and you'd have to go through Decatur, right? And you'd go through Decatur to come down Ponce de Leon Avenue, make a right on North Highland Avenue, and land Hopefully by 12.15, a.m., it's now Tuesday morning, and you've been out of the house for six hours. Six hours. And if you're lucky, you have done eh, 20 minutes, 25 if you're lucky, fortunate, you've done 25 minutes of stage time. And by the way, what I have presented to you in this run of mics was me after I had a little bit of juice. If you're just starting out and no one's ever seen you, you're going to Urban Grind and you're going 18th and you're going to probably get bumped from that and go home and say, fuck everybody, and then go back the next time. So I'm describing a case where like I had, a, like I said, a little bit of juice situation where I had a little bit of juice but when you're just starting out nobody knows you and nobody gives a fuck what number you are or trying to help you get to the next place but the point I want to make is if you were at Tavern on Main and you drove down to North Highland Avenue and you arrived at 12.30am you could walk into Lightning Round at Limerick Junction and you could get two minutes of time because it went forever <laughs> there was no there was no limit it was it was the magnolia projects of open mics and it was kind of reassuring that you knew if you got there by 12:30 cuz it just went there was no there was no deadline ever like i said no limit if you showed up before 1am you could probably like 1am you could get a spot and do 2 minutes and by that point, I don't know, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I know if I, on those times when I was trying to do those five, six mic runs on a Tuesday night, by the time you're doing Limerick at 12.30, 12.45, you just, 
it's it's like a notch in the belt at that point. I mean, for me, realistically, I I, I was not, I'm not German in my precision that, at, you know, I'm still working the same joke at twelve thirty a little bit differently than I was at six thirty or seven. Really, what I'm doing is showing myself, showing other people the commitment I have to the task. And also, lightning round is not exactly a place to work out material. It's a place to just talk shit and get comfortable doing that. That's what I think lightning round does. All of which is to say, this is not what I want the podcast to be, by the way. I don't want it to be a big stream of consciousness thing. And it will not be in the future. But... I appreciate you bearing with me during these trying times. All of which is to say, if you want to get stage time, host. Especially if you're starting, right? It's the only way you're going to get up. You can't do that maniac run that I just described. So, I described a man of my pursuits and my commitments. I have decided to seed, pass on, hosting of Lightning Round, which is, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm handing, handing someone the Jurassic Park franchise, or, you know, Francis Ford Coppola saying, I think we should bring in another director <laughs> to film Godfather 3, which he didn't do, by the way, he did it himself. Anyway... Lightning round is wild, and I am uh, a great ringleader for it, but it belongs in the hands of someone else. So, after very careful consideration, I've decided to pass it along, like I said, to a much younger comic, much more energetic comic, (laughs) Tamar Rubin, and... She's been hosting, she's been, she has been hosting, she's hosted numerous lightning rounds in the last several months, and she gets it, she runs a great show, she is supportive, she talks shit, I think comics respect her hustle, and her, her, uh, her commitment, her, her input into, into, uh, you know, into the equity equation. They should. I don't know if she's doing fucking six mics a night or not. Tamar, let's go. Come on. Come on. So Tamar Rubin is the new host of Lightning Round. But here's the great thing. she She's on such a come up. She also has taken over the show at Noni's, which is still Tuesday nights. Which means the new presentation, Atlanta Comics, will be I start lightning round, and until tomorrow gets there at 11.15, 11.30, I'm your host for the beginning of lightning round. And then tomorrow takes over, I go home, I'm able to get up in the morning, kiss my beautiful daughter, and tomorrow can continue to grow and add value to the show, and talk shit, and add value to the Atlanta comedy scene, quite honestly. So... I'm thrilled that she is doing it, and she's on the come up, I'm telling you. And if you, I don't have to tell tell you, because 
people listening to this podcast are not like this, but of course, numerous times she has hosted Lightning Round. Dudes have been dudes to her. Dudes have tried things with her that they wouldn't try with me. Why? Well, very simply, I'm not as attractive. <laughs> you can't talk about a woman's appearance. No, because guys are, we're creeps and etc. But dudes have done things and, you know, the, the female hosts across the globe, and I'm sure there are lots of them listening, they are put in any fucking profession. I've said it a million times. Anyway, Tamar has to deal with, will have to deal with, should not have to deal with shit that I didn't have to deal with. So, when I brought her up the other night as the new host of Lightning Round, <laughs> I, I called every guy who would give her any shit, try to bully her, try to do anything that they wouldn't do to me or a dude host. I uh, called them all pussies. So, I was supporting a woman and being sexist at the same time. And I'm now I'm going to stop, by the way. So... Give it up for Tamar Rubin. She is the new host of Lightning Round. I'm thrilled about it. And I'm thrilled that I... Hey, well, I'm thrilled that you listen to the podcast, of course. But I'm thrilled that uh, Lightning Round's in great hands. And I'm, yeah, I'm really thrilled. I'm giving you back a few minutes. So thank you for listening. 15, thank you so much. Uh, and I promise... I prom, here's, here's the promise. I will read... Your goddamn letters next time. I'm grateful for them. Your emails at Yes Joe Smith. And I will not make this a big stream of consciousness podcast because uh, that's maddening. So have a great weekend and uh, stay positive.